Okay. Hey guys, welcome again to my Guardian Angel podcast. Today I'm going to just remember, uh, well not remember, but remind you guys that, um, you know, when the pen, basically about the pandemic, right? Um, I'm constantly reminded of it because I still wear the mask. Um, my parents are extremely, extremely old and I don't want to get them sick, right? Sick, right? So as long as I'm living in their house... I I do this because it's, it's, it's not their fault that uh, they shouldn't be getting sick by me, right? And I already got them sick last week, so uh, thank God it wasn't COVID. But, um, yeah, so I want to, I'm constantly reminded of COVID because I'm wearing the mask when I go for work, right? So... I'm also reminded of the shock that um, I received when the Pope, along with the bishops, uh, told everyone that it's fine to stay at home um, for instead of going to church for Sunday worship during that time, right? Because... I mean, even back then, at that time, I didn't know what uh, Riddy's culpability was or, you know, things like that, right? All I, I mean, I, I don't have like a extreme, I didn't have an extreme theological understanding of these things. So when I uh, heard that, I was really confused, really. And I didn't uh, understand. It just made me more suspicious, really, of... Uh, the, the bishops and the priests, but also that the fact that I need to learn more about the faith and the theology to understand why, why are we allowed in this case, in the pandemic hit, and uh, we're not allowed to um, avoid mass, keyword, avoid mass um, when there's no, when it's not necessary, basically. By the way, 
I'm saying M-A-S-S. That's called the Holy Mass or the Holy Sacrifice. Um, just in case you're mistaking it for M-A-S-K. So, yeah, so usually we're not supposed to, right? It's like a grave matter if we purposely avoid going to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, right? So, yeah, so I mean... <laughs> What am I trying to say? Let me think. <laughs> okay, so you can, there's a lot. That's like the topmost of all the commandments of God, right? I mean, you can't get any higher than that, than breaking that commandment, right? Um, so when we talk about the Michelangelo Code, we have to think in the same way as if, you know, it's easy to forget about the pandemic, but here's the thing, the... The pedophilia is also like a the a pandemic in terms of it's a global thing, it's uh it's a virus that is everywhere kind of thing, right? So, um, if, I don't know, like it it needs to be understood in this way, um, and I don't know, maybe in the game I'm gonna make some character with a mask just so that we always are reminded of what happened during the pandemic in terms of uh, the theological understanding of um, why the bishops and the Pope allowed this to happen, right? It's because if we take the simple approach and just, you know, read all the rules and all that stuff, we're not going to really understand how to solve this problem of pedophilia because th th there will be bad consequences no matter what, right? And it has to be understood in this way, right? Um, but what is the approach? What is the best approach? What does God want us to do in the situation of knowing that there is pedophiles around the entire church? Um, and, like, this is... So I'm going to probably make some sort of character, you know, like a bat or something with a mask on, just to remind everyone why i'm making this game right the game is coming pretty good you know um i'm excited I'm, I'm really excited um i've actually found you know the technology has come to the point where i can um artistically um put into actual practical application what i want to um visually uh produce in this game right and that is more like a cart like what i grew up with you know all the disney kind of um style in terms of cartooning thick and thin uh drawings and outlining and just like paper animation kind of thing right but um one of the things that i've noticed is that um as you know programming in a game you know you need a about the performance in terms of the frames per second and how the interaction with the player and the game happens like it has to be quick right to control characters and stuff right that right so um it's so weird i've kind of been avoiding a certain character it's called a feetling okay and this character is um the first character i ever developed when i thought okay i need to uh, help 
with this pedophilia issue, right? It's a first character, and I've tried to avoid it ever since because it's uh, it's direct. Is is <laughs> it's not sugarcoating anything, right? Um, in terms of like what I'm trying to convey, but um, yeah, I mean, it's so weird because I when I'm creating this game. I can't really get a good performance in terms of frames per second, uh, a proper amount, unless I put a character that is very simple, like this Feetling character. If I make it too complex in terms of the character that I'm going to be creating, it's going to make the frames per second of the game kind of reduce. So it's kind of like a pointless, a moot point. There's no point in having even making a game if you can't really play it when it's going to go so slow, right? So it turns out that, yeah, I'm going to be having to do that. And I'm going to talk more about what this feedling is. All right, but first, let me take a sip of my coffee. I love my coffee. Okay, so what is a feedling? Well, if you look at the Bible, there's a certain, uh, a certain scripture um, when, you know, when Moses was heading back to Egypt with his wife and ch and his child. Or wait, no, just his wife. Um, when they were heading back, it's such a weird story because this is after God tells him to do everything, like go to Egypt and let uh, talk to Pharaoh and all this stuff, right? But it's so weird because in the scripture verse, he's like, he's going back to Egypt and all of a sudden God wants to kill him. Moses, right? To actually kill him. And then... Um, before God kills him or tries to kill him, Moses' wife takes a sharp rock and cuts his feet. But here's the thing, guys. It's not really a feat. The, the writer of the story wanted, I guess, to kind of hide the fact and use the word feet to really mean his penis in terms of basically the wife uh, circumcised uh, Moses. And then God didn't kill him. So it's such a weird, uh, you read the Bible and it's like, whoa, that's so weird, right? But then, I mean, go talk to a priest or something like that if you want to understand why. But all I'm here telling you is they use the word feet to describe a penis and maybe maybe uh, they were telling this story to little kids so they had to change the the wording right or hide it kind of thing so i'm gonna do the same that's why there are feetling characters you know i don't like drawing <laughs> feet. <laughs> okay it's, it's just the stupidest thing i don't want to be playing a game thinking <laughs> this character these characters are feet like it's supposed to be symbolic or something like that right uh, <laughs> it's stupid as a programmer thinking of this stuff, right? So I've avoided for the last kind of two or three years now just even elaborating on these feetlings characters. And I've tried anything else to keep my mind off it. But then, I mean, this game is not going to get even done or because the computation and the... It's like I have a pretty good computer and the it's not computing... The way I want to create the art in terms of make it like 2D kind of uh, outlined uh, 
drawings, like in the old Disney characters, like the 2D characters, cartoons. It's not going to work, right? It's too computationally expensive. So unless I make something very simple, like a, a, the way I'm going to draw this character, this feedling, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really move forward anymore in this game, right? It's just too hard in terms of creating what artistically I want uh, the style to be. Okay, and so now I'm going to change the subject, okay? I'm going to give you an example. Let's say, this is a theory. Let's say someone, let's say a doctor, for example, was able to go uh, back in time and uh, go and basically deliver the the baby that is basically Adolf Hitler deliver del like actually you know when they're a baby you get delivered I think as a doctor whatever it's called right um so this guy he knows the evil that he's gonna do to Jewish people right so he has a couple of options just do the thing just actually deliver it and let life happen or he can kill him well, at that moment in time, that baby's an innocent baby, right? Okay. So he doesn't do that. Maybe he decides, hey, you know what? I will steal this baby and put it in a, give it to an adoption agency or, or even better, give it to parents, Jewish parents who want to adopt children, right? Give it to them so that this baby grows up not hating ba uh, Jewish people, but loving Jewish people. So that's another option, right? Either way, but unfortunately, either way, in that time, the, the Adolf Hitler hasn't done anything, okay? He's a baby, right? So uh, this doctor will be doing something of grave matter. Hmm. Okay, so the reason I'm saying this is because um, I'm going to use later now to explain what, um, how we can understand this whole pedophilia issue in the church, right? Uh, I'm going to use this kind of thing and explain to you what uh, cooperating with evil is like. So, for example, with that doctor example, there would be a nurse that may have uh, participated in stealing that baby, maybe. I don't know. But we have to understand what does that nurse, is she culpable, right? And we're going to, uh, you know, kind of tie this in with the whole pedophilia issue and... The priests that are not pedophiles but uh, are maybe uh, participate in the whatever, I don't know, anything that uh, brings about this to occur, right? Okay. All right, let's begin, let's begin. So, <clears throat> with this um, nurse that is going to participate in... Um, Stealing the innocent Adolf Hitler. Okay, this is a theory, guys. So, this uh, nurse, let's have two cases. The first case is that this nurse also uh, went back in time. So, it's like a partner, it's like the doctor and the nurse somehow go back in time. And it's only the, these two, right? So, so basically, if this nurse, um, let's say she's a getaway driver, for example, um, or in the case 
she has the knife that'll kill the innocent Adolf Hitler. Either way, if she says no and doesn't want to do it, then she basically will cause the... It would cause the doctor from not doing it, right? Not doing the murder. Um, if she is necessary for him to do it, right? Okay. Um, now let's see another case. Imagine that uh, we have some technology to go to the past. And this doctor, if um, this nurse also came from the past, doesn't want to do it, then he, he can easily just fire her and uh, tell someone to tell whoever has this time machine, this whatever, to bring back another nurse to do the same thing, right? So uh, in this case, even if this nurse says yeah, she doesn't want to do it, um the the doctor is going to get another resource another nurse to do what he's going to do so this nurse is uh, given two options is she going to participate in this uh, evil act or is she not going to participate and she has to uh, weigh the consequences and in the case where she does not um, participate she's gonna lose her job right okay now imagine that uh, this job basically is our only, only means of living and so in the moment she is uh kind of like the flight or fight mode kicks in and she just decides to you know, she doesn't want to be kicked out on the streets after she loses her job, right? And she could die, right? Who knows, right? So she basically, based on the fight and flight response in her psychology, in her brain, she just decides, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Subconsciously, she's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to participate in this act. And she does it, right? So this is a action that is reduced in culpability of the murder, right? Okay. As long as she's not directly killing this uh, Adolf Hitler, this baby of Adolf Hitler, okay? I mean, Adolf Hitler as a baby. As long as she's not directly doing it, um, we can argue that the... Uh, the brain and the intellect and the will is not working properly with true freedom because she is in distress at that moment, right? Well, I'm saying right, but I mean, personally, I don't even, I don't really care in terms of the whole losing a job thing. Um, but, you know, some people may have an issue with getting another job, right? So they may be scared of dying. And we're talking about also in third world countries and stuff like that, right? Anyways, so far I haven't really talked about um, <laughs> the principle of cooperation, even though I'm talking about certain cases. What I'm talking about right now is just the reduced culpability, because in morality you need um, f perfect freedom of the will and intellect 
and um, that means deliberate consent and basically your subconscious or any other um, outside factors are not um, contributing to you know like basically push you to do it subconsciously somehow either through through your subconscious or whatever you're not cognizant of it you just do it right okay so that's done okay but now just imagine the freedom and intellect is still you know your your emotions are in 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 normal circumstances and um i mean you you came in and you've had enough time to know that uh, this is going to happen right so your uh, emotions are not um so intense at this moment right so in this moment you can't really say oh you can't be in reduced culpability so now we have to think about um we need to see okay is this nurse proximate or remote in participating in the act that the doctor is going to do right so this uh patient i mean this nurse cannot be um approximate basically if she gives the knife to the doctor she will be culpable of the murder as well um so that's approximate participation in the murder of adult, innocent um innocent uh infant baby adolf hitler right it's still no matter what the ends is basically to make sure the holocaust doesn't happen um regardless of the fact um the object of the act and the it it's you can and does not justify the means in this case right see i mean if you really want to know what the principle of cooperation is you're going to have to just research about it um just research about catholic like type in google catholic um, principle of cooperation and like for medicine right and the medical thing because bishops have, have, have outlined exactly what it is so i'm just gonna tell you a little bit right so there's okay there's two distinctions formal cooperation and material co cooperation okay formal cooperation means you actually agree with what the evil is going to be doing like you actually want it to happen and you intend it and whatever right okay um then there's material cooperation where you don't really want it to happen you don't agree with it but uh you're in the space of participating in it right but i mean material cooperation means it has two distinction immediate and immediate cooperation immediate cooperation is for example that fact that you pass the knife to the doctor that's um that's immediate okay but then you have immediate cooperation which is remote cooperation i mean there's a distinction in the in the that as well the uh immediate cooperation where there's remote cooperation and there is proximate cooperation so basically the you can't have immediate uh, cooperation first of all you can't have formal cooperation you cannot not have immediate material cooperation the only one you can do is immediate material cooperation and even in that case there's distinction between proximate and remote and based on proportionate reasoning you have to determine if it's right or wrong um i just i'm here to just 
tell you that there are these really complex uh, principles that you need to understand and apply it to the situations that are happening in the pedophilia like read the testimonies and hear the testimonies of the people right and i'm gonna actually talk about this but here is a small intermission okay this intermission is brought to you by the fact that i forgot my credit card today and so i won't be eating today and I guess that's a good reminder of how, what it feels like not to eat. Um, so I am promoting the Mary's Meals charity. A charity that provides uh, children in third world countries with the opportunity to eat. Instead of going with their parents and trying to make a living. Um, they are kind of like attract they're they're they go to the school where mary's meals will provide food for them and so that they can get an education and get out of the cycle of poverty so i don't get any money of this and, and basically i'm not even going to tell you anymore like where you can you know donate just research about it guys okay that's the end of this intermission brought to you by the fact that i don't have my credit card with me today bye bye okay so back to the subject what do we do in this situation you know um when there's reduced culpability uh you really there's nothing really that can be done right um and the reason i even gave this explanation is i wanted you guys to understand the complexities of it all because i mean if you ask anyone maybe i mean a lot of people would actually do the deed if uh, they had a chance to um, stop the innocent child who will later become Adolf Hitler from doing what he did, right? And But I'm trying to say the end does not justify the means in terms of, like, if the means is of grave matter, it shouldn't be done. And also... The reason I give this explanation is because I wanted to uh, kind of like transfer these principles and tell you that um, this principle can be applied to, for example, the example, the situation that um, I had mentioned in the other podcast, which was called Don't Turn Off the Light or something like that. It was called some... Um, yeah, or turn off the light. Anyways, it was it was that uh, situation of that testimony of that uh, the child that um, was uh, abused. You know, 
Yeah, in that situation, you have two people, the abuser and the other person who witnessed the abuse, who was also a priest, and who said, turn off the light when you're done, kind of thing, right? Like, what the, what was that, right? And in that episode, I told you, I told you how stupid that was, right? How dumb some of these priests can be, and stupidity. Instead of helping the child, this priest said, don't turn off the light to the, I mean said turn off the light when you're done to the abuser you know stupid okay so um but in other situations i want to kind of explain that some people who are participating not in the actual act of the evils of pedophilia but who are around you know where the victim can see that clearly they're around and they're seeing that they're being abused, but they're not doing anything. So in this situation, I'm comparing these people to the nurse in the case where if they do anything, they'll lose your job and they may, uh, it, out of reduce, out, out of the flight and fright response and not, they, they don't want to die basically from losing their job. Because a lot of these priests and nuns, they are from third world countries as well, right? Uh, and they're recruited without an education either, right? So if they get fired, then they're out on the streets and they're going to die. And then this whole psychological fight or flight mode comes and then you have... You could end up with priests and nuns and people who surround these abusers not to do... basically not doing anything while this, these childs are getting abused. And that's something that also needs to be understood. Um, and it's really important that we understand this as well so that you, the parents, don't give a crap about whether the priests or nuns are, um, uh, are making you believe that uh, everything is fine or everything, um, in, like everything is okay and you can bring your kids to them. It's, I'm telling you this so that you know the situation. Their conscience will be clear, basically, if they're even in a situation where they're not doing abuse, but someone else is. And let me remind you guys and myself that there was this one time during this time, my niece was, um, I mean, during the COVID time or a bit after that, my niece was getting um, kind of, gonna get con communion but before that they had to do confession and man man oh man i was so pissed off during that time because it was that time that i was really all this uh talk about you know sexual abuse was coming out in the news and all that stuff right and i and i was telling like i was telling everyone you know these people should not be doing confession in in small one-on-one um, -on -one anymore especially kids right so i go to this confessional thing where it's a public thing right where there's so many priests and the kids are getting confession and they invite the parents and all that stuff right and so these there's all these priests and they're in open area but then this is one priest that's in a confessional and my niece goes to that one out of everyone she's going there and i get I get so mad and angry that now in this time 
that they're even continuing this. They're, you, a child should not be in a confessional with a priest alone. It's stupid. And I just wanted to remind you guys that no matter what, you know, you... This, okay, and this is going to be a segue because I am going to now tell you I'm going to teach you guys how easy it is, how easy it is to charm people, how easy it is to sweet talk people, how easy it is to make them believe that they're in a safe environment and all these things. Because it's just, it's just something you just learn as you grow up, right? And it's a technique. It's like anything else, right? So I'm going to actually show you now live. How easy it is so that you when you speak to these when you are around these people you're, you're not so like awestruck by the fact that they're so like safe to be around no 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 so from now on this is a segue and i'm gonna introduce the next episodes coming up which is me basically randomly going around people talking to them and making them feel that they like me basically and feel safe around me and i mean it's so easy guys so i'm just gonna teach you and you guys can do this practice it and then you'll realize finally that the people in the church some of them are playing you basically you know they're playing you so i'm just gonna make a uh you know what just go to myguardianangel.com slash player. Done. Okay? Just So, again, it's myguardianangel.com forward slash player. <clears throat> because, I mean, you guys, all you, you need to experience how it feels to be liked, like, like really liked by everyone um so that you understand that when you look at the priest or whoever's in charge in the church okay and they do this they they make you like them it doesn't mean anything you know it's 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 it's, it's playing you they're playing you if they're bad people if they want to screw around with your little children they can play you, you know, like players, you know, play, play, okay, anyways, all right, see ya, remember, remember, myguardianangel.com slash player.